Southern California is divided into three regions. You got LA, then you got Orange County, and then you got San Diego. But in San Diego, there was nowhere to go. There was nothing that was being offered to younger people. <laughs> The thing is, it wasn't about the music. That was just kind of like this sort of vessel to just be like, fuck you to you and fuck you to you. It wasn't that you question it, you just get fired and you go on tour. <laughs> and you come back and do the same thing again. But you listen to a Locust record and it's just incredible. It's incredibly foreign and weirder than hell and shocking to a lot of people who will say, that's not hardcore. I'm like, bullshit, they're playing faster than you. We've had everything thrown at us. Beer bottles, bar stools, pints of full beer. We were showing up and getting beaten up, maced, getting our tires slashed. But it all kind of tied into this whole middle thing. by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the Central University. A study on the wise field. 290 study on By the way, I was playing Bohemian Rhapsody for my kid today. My kid's ba- ba- like a week old, right? And that kid like loves music. So like I'm excited. Like I hope he's cool as shit. I hope he doesn't like some like whack ass shit growing up. So like I'm going to like brainwash him <laughs> like with all the classics. <laughs> so hopefully he gets like well conditioned here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. You look good on the on our audio here. So all right. I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 142 of the Art and Jacob Do America podcast. I am the Jacob Pixton, and to my left is my delicious, scrum diddlyumptious uh, co-host, the golden recluse, Mr. Art Trejo. Art, say hello to the millions. And millions. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, what episode did you say this was, Jacob? 142. 142. Let's start it off. I feel a little tired. I'm a little sleepy. It's early in the morning. Let's get our sponsor, our sponsor out, of out of the way. <laughs> Shout out to Caveman Coffee. By the way, it's it's pretty early. I should have drank some caveman coffee this morning. I did not. I feel bad. But I'll probably chug some later on today just because I love some uh, coffee throughout the day. Hell yeah. And if you are a new father like myself, uh, I highly recommend the Nitro Cold Brew. That shit will have you uh, tip-top magoo. Um, I uh, drank three of them the other day. Um, I changed the baby's diaper. I swept the floor. I mopped the floor. I even replaced the roof on top of my house like all within like one hour so if you if you're if you're a single dad like myself you're just trying to make things work uh i highly recommend you know getting that caveman coffee 
Nitro Cold Brew. That shit will have you feeling tip top magoo. Type so. in America at checkout for 15% off. Tell your mom and your boo boo too, Art and Jacob sent you. <laughs> so, Art, uh, to get the, the juices flowing for yourself here, do you want to jump in and tell everybody what we're going to be doing today? So, uh, a couple of days ago, I was surfing the interwebs, right? And I came across this uh, little flyer thing for this movie that's coming out called Don't Fall in Love with Yourself. And so I was like, oh, shit, this is badass. I just saw, you know, it was like footage of the Locust plane. So I like, you know, I turn up the audio and I'm like, holy shit, this is like an upcoming movie that's coming out. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, just got a hold of uh, Justin Pearson from the Locust and he's on the phone here with us now. Oh, shoot. So, Justin, you want to uh, say hello to the millions of people out there? <laughs> hey, guys, um, your intro is is cracking me up man <laughs> definitely put light like uh yeah i have my own podcast and i think that um with my friend luke kinshaw i think we need to step it up you guys definitely knocked it out of the park oh well, thank you um, <laughs> yeah um hi everyone thank you for having me and i guess uh yeah the, the, um yes hi hello <laughs> hey so there hi there hello there you're you're from southern california yeah. you're in southern california right now right I am in San Diego right now. Oh, nice. You lucky son of a... <laughs> the land of the perfect weather. <laughs> yes. Um, we're yeah, also in Southern... we pay the big bucks to live out here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I but, always tell people, yeah. like, yeah. people that come out to L.A. that aren't from California, and they expect L.A. to be a certain way, I always think they expect it to be, like, San Diego. Yeah. Because San Diego <laughs> is, like, yeah. what I imagined L.A. to be as a child when it's, like... Nah. Nah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's slower and cleaner and, and, but it's got, I mean, it's got, it's like, it's got some weird shit, man. It's a, it's a strange, cause it's like a border city, you know? So there's like yeah. a lot of really insane, like, I don't know, like, you know, institutional racism and just like kind of weird aggression and like, it's kind of fucked up. I mean, I think in LA it's like maybe kind of, I don't know, whatever. They're, they're two different, they're two different things. So yeah, I noticed that too about San Diego. Like, there's like pockets. Like, you'll have um, like a really cool, chill area. Then you'll have like a really super like conservative area. Like, that's like I don't know if it's like bleed over from like Orange County or whatnot. But um, my uh, girlfriend's brother uh, lives out there as well as one of my friends. He works in Border Patrol, and not he's not a bad Border Patrol agent. I'll just put that <laughs> there. But like, yeah, like he was telling me all like this crazy stuff that goes on out there, and he's just like, man, it's like this is like seven different worlds down there. And one time when I went to go visit him down there, I was like, oh shit, I know what you mean. Like I'm thinking like everything's like a Beach Boys, uh, uh music video or whatnot, or like that David Lee Roth yeah. uh, music video that California Girls. <laughs> and then you go, there's like mountains, and then all of a sudden you got like the hood, and then like then you got. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy. So a lot of it, yeah. I think a lot of it is like is a class situation. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's pretty divided. And um, but I mean, I think you know when you know like the landscape, you you can navigate and you can kind of understand it a lot better. I mean, I live in an area um, called City Heights, which is like you know it's not um, it's it's like predominantly poor area. There's a lot of um, migrants and. Um, you know, just it's it's very culturally diverse, but also very culturally rich. Where if you go to like sort of like the more wealthier neighborhoods, it's just kind of like, Bland. you know, it's like track housing or or just I don't know, like you know, I mean, yeah, cool, everyone has Teslas and they're real lucky and shit, <laughs> but like I think everyone seems like kind of bombed and at least have a stick up their ass, you know. And so it's just yeah, yeah. to kind of see the, like the differences and a lot of it does kind of, I think, 
come down to, to class issues. Um, oh, totally. So, uh, yeah. So, okay. But, uh, just, yeah. So, yeah. So growing up with <laughs> those class issues, right? Something that's kind of in your face being in San Diego. Um, and then I've seen the, I guess in Tijuana, which is right across the street from San Diego, there's like big punk festivals that just happen constantly in, in TJ. Um, would that be something that, you know, not, not so much the punk festivals, but seeing the class systems and seeing the fact that everything's so broken like that, is that something that got you into punk or hardcore or like, how, by the way, how would you describe your music? Would you describe it as punk or hardcore? Or, Cause your music's so unique. I mean, I, I think I, like, I think, sure. I think the ethics of it are, are punk and, and hardcore rooted, but I mean, I think like, uh, you know, as far as like, genres and, and trying to like sort of categorize art and music uh, you, you kind of end up limiting yourself you know i mean i think like if you're like i'm gonna you know play in a punk band you you have these like sort of like you know I, you have like guidelines and like these sort of like parameters of what you're like gonna function within you know and like i think that for me i mean i i guess i mean I've, i think there's a lot of other elements that you can add to it and you can do what you want and that's essentially like supposed to be what punk is you know like do whatever you want yeah. you know and 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 like you know even like you know like sort of like um i don't know like kind of bring in like elements of anarchy and and and, and be like and like self-govern your own you know way of functioning as a band because it does have a lot i mean to me like growing up like um you know i mean i remember like being like a 12 or 13 and, and like discovering like a band like Chumbawamba, you know, which doesn't <laughs> sound like necessarily like a punk band, you know, yeah. but like they were functioning as a punk band. And I would see them play at like the Che Cafe and, you know, and, and like kind of got the politics side of what they were doing before the music side and realized like, wow, these are like punks, you know, like, mm-hmm. and so I think like that kind of helped, helped me like develop uh, a, a mindset of what I think uh, a music can be or, or even any kind of art you know and also too like growing up in san diego and, and starting to play music like when i started playing when i was 15 <clears throat> you know a lot of it's it, it's not like los angeles you know there isn't like cool spots or like it's not like easy to just kind of like start a band and do whatever you know you think you should do like so you know we were we were like everyone was like kind of struggling and and like you know i mean like man we were playing in tijuana you know like we were like 15 16 years old going across wow. and playing in another country which is kind of weird in its in itself but like playing in like you know we'd play like in these like sort of like quad areas where it's like you know like um i don't it was there was it was not like i mean there was like maybe like metalheads and stuff but like it wasn't like a punk kind of thing but like there was like older people like i mean i it was 15 so i could it's hard to like sort of judge to or like you know like to say like oh they were this age but i mean normal older adult people were like watching it and like interested in it, you know, because it was like, you know, my first band was like, you know, we were speaking out against like us imperialism and, 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 and like police oppression and, you know, things that I think affected these people in, in Tijuana, you know, but like also playing in San Diego, like we would end up playing shows with, with, with like, you know, freaking reggae bands or like whoever, you know, as long as there was like some, some sort of like, sort of, I don't guess like, political you know common political mindset mm-hmm. you know we were there for like you know we would do like we did this like earth day benefit i remember when i was when i was in my first band and we played with uh, uh this band called daddy long legs which was kind of like this funk thing and then like jello biafra gave a lecture and it was like you know like it was like at this place called camp land on the bay and like my mom was there and shit you know and like it was it made sense you know and we were all there for like 
you know, to speak out about the environment or environmental issues. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that like everyone's really open to like the message more so than like the actual art, you know? So it didn't have to be like punk rock or whatever hardcore. It could be like all kinds of shit and it made sense. Yeah. Um, so. The first time I heard you guys was during like the, uh, the MySpace era of, of the internet. And, you know, at that point we had George Bush in office, I believe. Um, and then, now we have, you know, we have Donald <laughs> Trump in office. Um, and you're kind of right there. You're right there on the, on like the front line, I would say, of, you know, the whole build the wall thing, San Diego being right next to TJ and all that stuff. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, obviously you, you're, you're uh, very politically driven. I don't know what your thoughts and opinions are of this current president. Uh, I think he's garbage. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, but that just sounds so trite. Like, uh, you yeah. know, like we, you know, like whatever. But I mean, I think he's. I think he's. I think it's like very. I mean, it's hard to okay, like. This is like we could just do a whole podcast on 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 that and like. That was exactly our first show. podcast. I, mean, I, that, like, <laughs> I mean, his rhetoric's fucked up, and it like I think it has a lot of. Um, it goes deep, you know. Like I think that. Um, I don't know. I heard this interesting thing. On, uh, there's like this segment on NPR that I heard a couple of days ago. And they were at, they were like debating uh, whether like you know the president is uh, is relevant. Like not the one we have now, but the president in general. Mm-hmm. It, it, because there's you know there's policymakers and there's laws and and local politics and stuff that that kind of are, are, like end up affecting people. Um, you know, I think more um, dramatically or maybe like more systematically. But like I, but it is like his like sort of rhetoric has like you know sort of brought like white supremacy to the forefront and like mm-hmm. shit like yeah. that, which is like, it's just, it's beyond me, you know? Like, it, so I, I think like, I mean, he's a fucking narcissist. He's a, he's just a total dick that has no empathy. So, you know, like, I mean, we could talk about like Obama and his illegal drone strike, you know, yeah. fetish that he had, you know, like that's, that was pretty fucked up. And a lot of people like, I think that are like sort of politically pro- progressive or on the left didn't seem to be too concerned about that. So, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm on this, like the super left side, and 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 I would say that, like you know it's it's the system that's that's corrupt, and it's, there's all these other aspects that we should consider. But as far as like the current administration, I mean it's it's pretty fucking lame. Like it's 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 yeah it's detrimental, and it's 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 affecting people in ways that I think that a lot of people don't normally consider, and things that we haven't really seen happen before. You know, like again, like the research of white supremacy, like that just seems crazy. It's mm-hmm. fucking 2020, and there's like We're there's going like people back. that are just being fuck fucked up and like just mm-hmm. super like you know i don't know out about being i mean again like those races you know i think that like you know call them whatever you want white nationalists or, or fascist whatever you know nazis like they were there already it's just like i think that trump sort of just like turned the, the light on and like there's all the cockroaches in the corner mm-hmm. you're like oh there they are yeah. gave him you know, an like, ampli- amplifier now yeah, you said that you you're on what the super. Uh, he gave them an amplifier, basically <laughs> amplified their sound. Yeah, um, but kind of just made them feel safe to kind of come out with their shit, yeah. you know. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it now. Like, mm-hmm. okay. but you know, like it's like, well, fuck. Now we know who our enemies are. We like, we can see them, you know, like yeah, yeah. Are, like, they're in plain sight, you know. You said so, that you're on the super uh, left, but you don't sound like someone that's like super left. Um, uh, after yesterday, we recorded an episode uh, last night. We were, um, you know, discussing politics and whatnot, and um, 
I do see that there's flaws like on both sides. And you even said it right now. You said, you know, Obama and the legal, you know, drone strikes. Somebody on the super far left would choose to ignore that. And I think that people like on the super far right, they ignore some of um, the fallacies that, you know, Trump and, you know, the people around him bring. So, I mean, I wouldn't consider you super far left, you know, that you're able to, you know, look at, you know, things with reason. I think that's what this country is missing where, you know, people are on teams and they're so... It's like sports, like, hey, you know, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan and I refuse to believe anything that they're doing is wrong. Well, obviously, you know, they're not winning the Super Bowl or doing winning, you know, so obviously there's something wrong there. But you do have blind fans who no matter what they do, they're always in the right and everybody else is wrong. And I think that's where we are at as a country on, you know, both sides. You know, I'm a pretty left leaning person myself, but um, I think in order for us to, you know, convert, you know, the mindset, you know, of people on the far uh, right, you know, or even, you know, people like in the middle right, you know, like, hey, you know, this this shit that's going on with this administration, we, we have to be able to look at ourselves and see, hey, what are we doing wrong and how are we able to, you know, convert people to reason, basically? You know, I'm not saying everybody has to be left-leaning, everybody has to be in the middle or whatnot, but we have to be able to look at things with reason. And I think that's what you just examined right now. Well, a lot of people I don't think take the time to kind of understand. I mean, there is that, like, you know, I mean, I think the re- the reason that Trump won is because people felt, you know, um, I guess disenfranchised from from. I, I guess like the political structure, political system, and and, yeah. and, I, and I see why that happened. And so, I mean, I think to me, I feel like um, people that were that are like, I don't know, sort of on the, I guess you would say like the left that are in support of, uh, are, are like felt, you know, like they agreed with the Obama administration. Seem to me like moderate Democrats. I think that people on the left are, are, are have more progressive, more radical, um, like sort of ideologies. You know, I mean, I. You know, not to like get too much into current politics, but like we, we you can kind of see it with like like Bernie Sanders is a good example, like where he's you know like from people on the right are criticizing him as a socialist, and it's like, I mean, you can criticize socialism all you want, but it's like you you know it's like well we have fucking public streets and public schools, and yeah, like yeah. That. Like that, that's <laughs> socialism right there, you know. So so I think like I mean and I mean I look at the Democratic Party like they 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 fucked him over and, and yeah. ran Hillary and, you know, against Trump. And like, that, I mean, look where that got us or yeah. got the world or the planet, you know, the U S or whatever. Like, um, so, I mean, I think like to me, I, I look at people like on the, the, you know, the, the real legitimate far left as like people that are identified as like socialist or anarchist or, or even communist, you know I mean? I think like those are all, you know, political systems that I think maybe look better on paper because I don't think humans are are able to to deal with some of that stuff. But I mean, um, you know, in a in a perfect world, it's like we, you know, I I, I think that things could be way further left than like the Obama administration. So when I when I think about stuff like that, like you know, I, I still see like the you know uh, the, the the sort of like system that's in place. The two party system isn't true democracy. It doesn't really no. let other people flourish. It doesn't let like there's no there's nothing to, to counteract, you know, or there's no, I mean, the Peace and Freedom Party, the Green Party, like, th- these things don't get recognized. It's, it's like sort of this, like, fluke that there's, like, uh, a, a democracy. It comes, down to, it, comes down, it comes down to capitalism, in my opinion. I think that, like, oh, you have, to have money to be able to run and go on. Oh, no, no, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so, so, I mean, I think that that's, I think, like, someone on the, on the true left would be someone that would, I guess, you know, 
uh, acknowledge those points uh, where, where like, so it's, it, it was interesting that you saw me differently because I, I do feel like, fuck, I got to maybe tone down my rhetoric because, you know, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, I am the, the I am on the side to say like, you know what, like there is no good border patrol, <laughs> you know, like, cause you, you know, I mean, you were, you were saying like, Oh, he's one of the good, border. it's like, but you still work for the system. It's still fun. Yeah. Like it's still, there's a, there's a, there's a root problem that we need to address. So there is essentially no good border patrol agents. I mean, they have a job and there's a reason why they have that job, but like that's, that is a, is, anyhow, that's where I, I stand with <laughs> things like super far left. I just, you know, but again, it's like, I don't, I don't know if like going out and like, and like fighting people and like, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's really, um, I don't know, sort of amusing and empowering to like see Nazis get, beaten up you know but it's like <laughs> yeah it's not gonna make them not a nazi yeah, yeah. be a fucking racist piece of shit and so it's like i don't think it really is gonna help um yeah. but it's 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 weird to try to kind of like figure out how to um change things and, and when it comes down to it i think that like man a lot of those people like a lot of a lot of people that are white supremacists you know are, are, are taught to hate downwards and that's you know from from politics from flick from a corrupt political system, you know, it's like, um, it's easier to kind of keep people in line and to have others oppress others when like there's, there's 1% on the top making a shitload of money and like controlling everyone, you know? And I think that's, that's something that like should be a bigger issue, which is brought up with other, you know, like, like politicians that are running now have have mentioned that, you know, like, uh, the, the 1% and, and like, even with like, you know, the, like, um, the Occupy Wall Street movement and stuff like that's, that's stuff that like was birthed out of you know essentially out of the Obama administration and 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 kind of came to like a head uh, on 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 Trump's uh, watch you know so I think like um, I, yeah I don't know yeah it's like this is so massive I don't know where where we could go with it but, yeah uh, one uh, thing I, I, one thing that I always like. I, we were we, like Jacob was saying earlier like after we got done recording yesterday we kind of got into this, this discussion on just politics and I was telling um the guest that we had on yesterday that for me it's hard for me to get behind any politician that doesn't support universal health care you know for such a large yeah. country it's kind of absurd I mean to me if you don't support universal health care that means you're kind of in bed with pharmaceutical companies just the big pharma in general and to me that's like all right so right off the bat I can't trust you because you're not you don't have my best interest in mind you have your money in mind mm. and so you know I see that in Bernie I was telling uh, our guest yesterday that like once Bernie wasn't going to be the the Democrat that was running for president, I like switched over and my alliance was like full Green Party because I'm not an alliance to to the Democrat Party at all. To me, it's like I want the person that has the best interest mm-hmm. for for me and like really for me, not like just the bullshit like. And Hillary Clinton seems like she just jumps bandwagon like she had some like super like. <laughs> kind of like borderline homophobic things going on early in her career and then like see if she eventually switched over and like now the the progressive thing was to be like more pro, like lgbtq rights and that's now her politics changed and to me it's like you know i it was hard for me to trust i think a lot of people that are a little more like on the liberal end of the democrat spectrum like couldn't trust it. and i could see you know you were saying earlier that that's probably why donald trump won because we didn't we didn't really get the candidate that a lot of people were backing yeah Especially in the in the younger youth, I think I think you know Bernie had such a young crowd behind him. Yeah, he came to Bakersfield and um, he filled up this entire arena, you know, and that's not something 
anyone can just do, you know, unless you're a rock star. And I think even if Hillary came yeah. at that time, um, she wouldn't have that flurry, <laughs> you know, especially in a very conservative town like Bakersfield. And um, I, I, I really think that you have to identify with the real people that are out there in America. Most of America aren't, you know, stockholders. Most of America aren't people driving those Teslas and whatnot. Most of, most people live paycheck to paycheck. Most people, we were talking about it yesterday, you know, if they have a fever or if they have, you know, something medically wrong with them, they weigh even the option of even jumping in the car and going to the hospital because it might be a financial burden for them down the road because, hey, they got it. We got to eat. We got to pay the electricity bill. And that to me, like that, that shouldn't be a worry in anybody's life. That's it's, actually, it's, I mean, it is for a lot of people, especially on the left, you know, which, which I think, I don't know, it's weird. It, it is weird that, pe- that I, I feel like it's so, it's so bizarre to me that people in general on, bo- on both sides of the, you know, p- political spectrum don't get behind that. It, do- it mm-hmm. just doesn't make sense to me. But then again, it's, it, I think it's people that maybe have the ability to pay for universal health care and don't, or, you know, ha- have, sorry, they have the ability to pay for health care for themselves and don't want to, you know, like, I don't know. It's like that, like, I don't want someone else to get something for free. You know, it's like, well, I mean, it's going to essentially end up helping you because it's going to cut down on taxpayer dollars as well. You know, exactly. I, mean, it, that I don't point. know. It's exactly. Yeah. I never understood what, what people. I just, I just don't understand people not supporting universal healthcare. Like, like you were saying earlier, you know, we have roads that, you know, that's socialism. We have public schools that are socialism. Like, I just I I don't understand people not supporting universal health care. And and that's to me it's like the big red flag on any politician that is important to support it. Also a healthy society is a more prosperous society as yeah. well. Like you hit the nail on the head when you said, "Hey, that's going to cut down taxpayer dollars in the future." It, yeah, exactly. Like if everybody's healthy enough to be working, you know, I work, you know, in a program, you know, that deals with disability disabled people. And it's just like you just see that number just rising and rising and rising. And to quote Tupac, he said, we need to change the way we eat. We need to change the way we treat each other. You know, basically the way we live, the way we're living right now, we're just creating sicker and sicker people. And those sicker and sicker people are going to have to rely on the programs that we have in in place right now, you know, whether it's state disability or Social Security disability. And that's just that's hurting in the end, you know, by them not being medically covered to be able to take care of those needs. You know, you're just creating a sicker nation, which is creating a bigger burden. So by people who say that, like, oh, I don't want to support universal health care, you know, yeah, you're just contributing to what you are afraid of. But there's also a lot of other things. I mean, all that is is spot on. But there's also a lot of things like where, where it's like where you spend your money is it, it, that's your vote right there, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll spend if I'm buying something that I could get at Walmart, you know, I'll I'll. I won't spend money at Walmart. So like if something costs like $5 more, I'll, I'm going to spend $5 more to, to, so my money goes somewhere else, you know, like, I mean, and, and if you think about people that, that live in poverty, like well, their options for food are pretty fucked up too. It's like, well, they can go to McDonald's or Jack in the box or a liquor store. And that's, that's fucked up as well too. I mean, I think yeah. like if people had access to have like getting, you know, fresh produce from like a farmer's market or something like it's cheap. And also like, you know, there's, there's more nutrition in it. It's healthier. Yeah. People live better lives. So there's a lot of different aspects that, that tie in. So, I mean, I think that like, you know, and then again, like going back to like, you know, other forms of oppression, you have, you know, you do have the border patrol, you do have like, you know, in, a, in some sense, like a police state where there's people like, you know, the police are patrolling certain neighborhoods and like, you know, there's, I, I mean, whatever. So there's like tons of different issues that kind of come into play, which I think like, um, 
I don't know, man. It's it, it's 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 a trip. But I, I I do think that like things are changing. I mean, even with like, um, you know, like uh, the, the environment and the people, the you know, like younger people that are like kind of getting behind that because it's like you know, yeah. I mean, we're we're gonna die of old age, but like, you know, the youth are gonna die of climate change. You know, and that's yeah. that's something that is pretty fucked up. <laughs> I mean, and, and I think like that's kind of crazy too, like especially how this current administration is, you know, treating environmental policies. Like that's that's a huge concern. Yeah. If anyone even has a if you have a kid right now, you should be, you know, you should be concerned. Uh they the the planet's getting fucked up and that's that's more important than anything else right there. It's like, yeah, you can bicker about politics all day long, but like when the, when it comes down to it, the planet's d- dead, like everyone's fucked, you know? I mean, um yeah. So there's there's that aspect too. It's massive. It's a massive topic that it's a that lot. all ties in. It's all under one giant umbrella, you know. You know what? Okay, so what what would you say got you into politics? Because for me, like the fact like politics and music go hand in hand. A lot of the bands that I was listening to when I was younger, they were very politically driven. Uh, you know, punk rock. Sure. I think I think Rage Against the Machine I mean, was the first one, but then that got me into other things too. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean like. Well, for, I I feel like I feel, I feel like I discovered things that were were um, sort of political in nature, but are, are like like maybe have like social politics involved in it. But it, but it wasn't even like apparent to me until I got older. You know, I mean, like my introduction to everything was like through skateboarding. So I was like, you know, I remember being. I mean, I kind of was into like weird shit or whatever. But like, uh, you know, I was into like. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, I was into music or whatever, like even how you reference like David Lee Roth, like I was obsessed with Van Halen 1984 Hell when that yeah. came out in 1984, it was the fucking craziest thing. But then like in retrospect, what really got me was like the opening track on that album was like, I think, I think it's the opening track. It's all synth heavy. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is crazy. This is weird. You know, and then it got me into like weird music as I got older, but it was skateboarding and discovering like, um, the thrasher skate rock comps and stuff like that and like so i was already kind of like in like i guess like on this like this path but it was like you know then it was discovering like bands like suicidal tendencies and the sex pistols and, yeah. um you know dead kennedys and like and there's there's like crazy politics involved in that and even like mm-hmm. bands like the cramps who like weren't political at all it's still like seeing a guy in in patent leather high heels like shoving a microphone down his pants like yeah. that, there's something <laughs> in that as well that's like not normal music and it's mm-hmm. not like you know i mean there's this there's other things going on so i think like i was already like kind of pushed or or, or like or like you know nudged onto this like sort of path of 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 like you know cool cool shit like here's all these things that you can like and you know be into and again like go it it is a bigger picture because you know like i'm in in me like for me like growing up in phoenix like where i feel like it was like uh you know sort of strip mall culture and like this sort of like whitewashed kind of like you, you know, just like dystopian shit, uh, you know, is like, I, I mean, I remember like going and seeing, uh, Suicide Tendencies play, um, when I was, when I was like 14 or 15 and, and, um, Exodus played and Pantera played and, you know, Fuck they were yeah. opening for Suicidal and it was like, I go to the show and there's, I remember like going there and being, you know, a small kid and, and seeing this huge skinhead, he had one tattoo on his arm that just said, I hate niggers. And I was like, oh, what shit. in the fuck? You know, and there, and there was a black guy in, 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 in suicidal and it was just, it didn't make sense to me, you know? And I was like, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Like there's, and so then I kind of, there was like politics and social politics were like everywhere at that point, you know? And, and then, and then like obsessing over the sex pistols when I was a kid. And that was really, really a huge influence. And, um, and then like, you know, kind of growing up and, and like, and eventually like in meeting some of these people, like, you know, meeting Jello and, and, 
and, and other band, you know, people that kind of like were, you know, which I thought were like pretty righteous and helped like essentially raise me and, 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 and sort of like, you know, um, give everybody like this sort of platform for, for like, yeah, like a, like a, um, I don't know, like just different politics that I think that, you know, punk embodied, you know, I mean, granted, like punk rock had its, you know, flaws. I mean, there is that like nihilistic, like sort of Sid Vicious thing, you know, where it's just like kind of like stupidity and like just, I, uh, I don't you know, I even know where to go with that. But, you know, so it's like I, I was I was really um, sort of like drawn towards the like progressive kind of cooler mm-hmm. um, stuff that like, I mean, yeah, granted, it was like angry and, and, and pissed off, you know, but like had a had a, a reason behind it, you know. There mm-hmm. was a there was like a, there was like a moral fight involved, and I think that was like what kind of like what got me psyched on music. And then it was even uh, the next step for me was like discovering bands like Downcast and Born Against and things that like you know they were like a, a little bit older than me and like super fucking righteous and like really rad music and like really really politically driven. And uh, that was what kind of like. I don't know, brought me to uh, fruition, I, I suppose. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that was like, I was like, oh my God, I want to do that. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. that's, like I, I think I can do that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, granted, like, you know, my bands were never as good as, as Downcast or, or Born Against, but like, that, that, they were like the sort of, uh, you know, culprit to like inspire me and my friends to, to try to try to do what, you know, they were doing. And I think that was like, I was, I'm so grateful for that. You know, I'm really grateful. And the fact that like, I grew up listening or having the ability to know that bands like Downcast and Born Born Again existed where like, I think a lot of people that I knew were growing up and, and only had like whatever was top 40 radio stuff, you know, like they didn't, they didn't know that that was a thing, you know, and that, that's crazy in myself and and, and to myself uh, as well, you know, like, like how, how do you not like (laughs) discover cool shit and you're a kid, you know I mean? you know for me it was like i was 15 and 16 like going on tour and like you know i didn't really have the same kind of like uh issues that 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 i think a normal kid had you know and and i wanted to go on tour because i wanted to get away from my my mom and like you know like my mom's (laughs) boyfriend that was abusive you know like oh yeah i was like i'm out of here like i'm gonna go do cool shit so most people you know just were like what am i gonna do on the weekend like where are we gonna you know how are we gonna get beer and get drunk and i'm like i fuck that I'm going on tour you know like that's that's way cool I'm going to play music you know to like a bunch of other weirdos so I think that that having having that sort of like uh knowledge and 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 I don't know like I get somehow I thought like I can do this you know and I and and and, and I did and it seems looking back it seems fucking totally insane that like that I would have been 15 and 16 years old and I'd already played like in granted, I didn't leave the continent, but I played in three different countries and like all over the, you know, wow. the West coast and like, and like, you know, people around the world, not on a large scale, but like on some sort of minute scale, like knew about a band that I was in. Like that's, I think that's kind of impressive. Uh, I mean, it wasn't that great of music, but like there was a message there and we were part of a community that like was able to communicate and, and, you know, pre-internet like, you know, communicate and like, say something that I think is meaningful and especially coming from younger people. And I, I see that now too. And, you know, like with bands and, and, and uh, activists that are like, you know, 15 and 16 years old, I'm like, fuck yeah. I mean, that's going to be the next sort of push that I think that this planet needs, you know I mean? that That's that, those, those, those younger people are the key to survival at this point, you know? Definitely. So, I think especially um, now with yeah. like the internet, <laughs> With with the internet, just you know, basically we're all neighbors now. With the internet, it's so easy to get a hold of someone in a different country, share views, share opinions. 
me and Jacob, we had a, a teacher in junior high who we both credit with like a lot of our political alliance to become like pretty liberal. But you know, it was she was a she was kind of outspoken. She was the president of the gay and lesbian of you know Kern County, very conservative town that we live in, right? So to to have her as our you know. Politi- yeah, polit- what was she teaching? Political science, history, history, and then yeah, she did gate um, political science too yeah. as well. So like she was teaching that, and just just to see someone, you know, like in Bakersfield, we don't, you know, like the gay and lesbian community was like just not a thing, especially back in the the nineties when we were in junior high, and like to just to have someone as a role model like that, like mm-hmm. just meant a lot, and like. But now it's like, you know, if we were in junior high now, we can share, we can meet people of all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of, you know, genders and religions and just really open our minds, which is cool to see that the youth is is, is not wasting that. They're really outspoken. They're really outspoken about climate change, about, you know, how... Gun control. We, gun control. Yeah, that's a big one too because, you know, gun control has become like a huge issue and the fact that we have the youth taking charge of that and actually like being at the forefront of, Hey, we don't want to fucking get shot. Like we want to survive. Yeah. We want to survive. And it's crazy. Yeah. I, I agree. And like the, the, the youth like being active about that, it was, it was so inspiring. It's so cool. And I, I mean, I, I, uh, yeah, that, I, again, go on. But yeah, that, that, that aspect was really impressive as well. I think. Yeah, no, I mean, I wish I, you know, I, w- I wish I could be young in this age because, yeah. you know, when, you know, that was a big deal. Like, if we didn't have Miss Waddell to shape us and, like, I remember she would bust out an acoustic guitar and teach us things on the acoustic guitar and, like, that was part of her lesson plan. Yeah. That, to me, was badass. That, that to me, is, like, punk rock. That she was this really outspoken uh, lesbian who, like, played acoustic guitar and taught us the... um the 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 constitution on like song format and i thought i was like dude this is badass Genius. and i will say this too um you want your role models yeah you want your role models to be cool um but at the same time you want them to have some sort of intellect as well like it th- that's one thing that disappoints me too with some individuals and but mostly i want to say like the boomer generation like <laughs> you know it's just like they they gravitate towards, you know, what's cool for their generation, but there's not a lot of intellect behind it. And they equate, just to bring Donald Trump back, you know, they equate, you know, wealth with, oh, that must be a smart guy. Whereas, like, I feel like the youth today where they don't equate the same thing, like, oh, just because you're rich doesn't mean, you know, you're smart. What's smart is being, you know, socially aware, uh, making sure there's equality for everybody. I, I, believe like in the last five years like i've learned so much about um different backgrounds you know sexual backgrounds you know like it went from just being gay and straight to gay straight bisexual gay straight to transgender like all these people are now being you know seen on the same platform now and that's all because of that youth movement yeah they've, they've definitely done their I think share it, i think it, like the, the younger generations i think the real is like it's such a huge shift. I mean, granted, I think every generation helps push it a little bit into mm-hmm. like some sort of more progressive, you know, I guess harmonious direction or something. But like mm-hmm. this one, that's I mean, that like like I think the younger the youth right now are the ones that are really just pulling some serious weight, you know. And, I, and it's impressive. It's I, I'm I'm grateful for them existing. I'm, and 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 for me, like I, I'm I'm influenced by that, and I'm I'm psyched on that. What you know, like mm-hmm. what's happening, and like I think that's it's amazing. So yeah, I see that too. But at the same time, like I and I and where I do feel like um, 
you know, I mean, I think like with sort of the, maybe maybe this seems like a, a, a irrelevant uh, aspect of it, but like the arts community, you know, like the art world or whatever. Like, I think when I was growing up, like when you would discover things like pre-internet, it was it, it took it was a, there was more effort into it. You know, you had to kind of dig into th- things and like yeah. find it, and it was. Mm-hmm. It was, it's had, it was like a little bit more special where like now it's kind of like everything's just like instant, like everywhere on the internet. Like, here's everything. And like, you yeah. kind of like, oh, I, just, you know, it's, it's like not quite as special, I guess. I know? do miss like um, the, the whole joy of buying a new CD, sitting down with it, opening up the cellophane, looking through the book, looking at, oh, who produced this record? Who, who are the writers who was who mixed the record like getting familiar with all the names like even looking at like where it was recorded at like oh okay this was on Hollywood Boulevard oh shit like i need to beg my mom like can we take yeah. like a trip out there just to like drive by like that location like mm-hmm. uh, you know like oh, and yeah. now you don't get that anymore it's just like oh uh, so and so dropped a new cd like on a thursday it's uh, super fast and rapid yeah like, like the minute it's out it's already an old album yeah. yeah um one thing that's cool like i remember from from our youth we have this little like dungeon pizza thing here where like uh, jerry's pizza where like punk bands would just go play like hardcore bands would oh. just go play and when when we were when we were younger you, you, yeah the, the locusts played there right or was it? I, I, was no, some... I, I think the Locust did, but definitely Holy Molar played there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a great venue. Like I, I, I love. I have such fond memories of that venue, just because mm-hmm. it's, it's exactly to me like what like punk rock is like. And like you go down there and it smells bad, and it's like mm-hmm. everyone's sweat <laughs> smells bad, and it's just like, but everyone's there because like we're all like in love with this one thing of like pouring out your passion for the next like two or three hours, however long show. However, this, however long the show is and like i just love that element of it because you sometimes you would know one band but you don't know the other bands and you may have like run into some like random band wearing like ski mask or something and you go this is fucking terrifying but at the same time like i'm in love with this like this this feeling you know and that's kind of where i i was with with things like i i you know here in bakersfield all we had were like the one rock station that would play like Creed and Stain and like whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah. the popular thing was. And I was like, geez, there's gotta be more than, than this. Like, and it, we had this other, we had a record store in town called like rocket records. And oh, I used yeah. to just dig through there for hours. And the guy that was in there, he would be like, ah, check out this band, check out this other band. And I'd be like, some of these bands like felt like fucking dangerous. Like my parents would not want me listening to this, mm-hmm. you know, like, and like, and like that's kind of what I I still look for that in music, you know. Like I still like I don't want it, to, you know. I'm not looking for like ultra violence, like or something like that. But I want something that like has some edge to it. Like I want I want the person that's like I, I want this to like mean something. Like if it means something to the artist, like truly means something. It, they're not just putting out some disposable thing where they're like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of like what's Five Finger Death Punch or something like thing. It's just they're just trying to score a radio hit. Cosmetic. I yeah. call that cosmetic music where like. One of the you brought up Rocket Records, like one of, in my opinion, like I am like '80s metal to the core. Like my, you know, all my favorite, you know, bands are <laughs> fucking, you know, '80s metal. You know, not even just like Van Halen. Like I mean, it starts from Metallica all the way to fucking Exodus and whatnot. Like I, that's me. Like I, that's 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 my high school years in a nutshell, right? But the best record of all time was introduced to me by by the that guy at that Rocket Record store. He goes, "Hey man, have you ever listened to Purple Rain?" And I was like, "Oh, that like that Prince record?" And I was like, "Nah, man, like that's that shit just looks whack, dude. Like, uh, I've 
I've heard the Foo Fighters version of Darling Nikki. Like, I, I'm cool. Like, I don't, I don't really dig that. And he was like, it's going to sound crazy, man. I know you're all about, like, the Iron Maiden and the Motorhead and the fucking Diamond Head and all that shit. But just give it a listen, bro. And to this day, like, you know, everything will be, like, rain and blood and all this stuff. But you catch one song off Purple Rain, and I'm hooked. And it's just like Art said, like, it means something to Prince. Like, you listen to, you know... um, you know, the, the title track, Purple Rain, and just, like, you feel like you're, you're at, you know, a, a gospel revival or something yeah. like that. You can feel the heartbreak. Like, anytime, like, I'm dealing with any kind of, you know, relationship issue, I put Purple Rain on, and I feel like those range of emotions, everything from lust to, to puppy love to true heartbreak to, you know, hey, I'm going to marry this girl. I'm going to put a baby in that, that womb, you know? <laughs> it's just, and it hits on that, that head where it's just, like, real music should be art. And not not my co-host here, Art Trail, but <laughs> it should be something that you can put on no matter what the day, what, you know, what matter what the year, no matter what the climate, and it still sounds good. And it's just like the Mona Lisa. Nobody looks at the Mona Lisa and says, "Oh, that shit's old. That shit's from the 1700s." Like I'm all about that new yak, you know. Like no one says that about the Mona Lisa. That Mona Lisa is always going to be a beautiful painting. Whereas you know, Purple Rain, that's always going to be a great record and. It's because there's true emotion, and that's what art is. It's true emotion, you know, expressing some kind of human condition or some kind of true human feeling. And I think I think art, like, especially when it comes to music, like, it should always give you that sense of, like, this is a little bit uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, I like this. Like, it's tickling that, like, that itch in, in the back of your mind that, yeah, like, you've always wanted. I remember when I was speaking of Rocket Records... Um, I went in there once and I was wearing a corn shirt. Corn's from Bakersfield, by the way. <laughs> so like everybody had corn shirts when when we were younger. So I went in there and um, he's like, "Oh, you like corn, man? You should check out Faith No More." And I just wanted to ask you about that because you work with Mike Patton and um, that whole experience. That's Dead Cross. I I thought was like amazing when I first heard Dead Cross. I was like, "Oh, geez, this is like everybody in this band like can like lead their own band like you mm-hmm. guys are amazing independent of each other to, to see you guys come together and then ross robinson uh produced that correct who is a friend of a show yeah uh, yeah ross robinson is like he's been on this show and we love that guy too so uh so, yeah what was he's that from experience Barto, right so that's that's the same and i mean he he's responsible for all the corn stuff so i mean that yeah yeah, yeah. what was that experience like the whole dead cross but, recording and being with those guys it was, a, I mean, the whole, <clears throat> the whole band, like, was kind of, uh, a, like, not a mistake, like a bad mistake, but, like, it wasn't, like, nothing was intended ever with it. I mean, it was, you know, I had, um, before Dead Cross, I had, I had recorded with, with Ross, with um, another band, Headwood City, and, which has two guys from um, Blood Brothers in it, and they, they had already worked with Ross in the past, so they were kind of like, we're, we're going to hire this producer and this and this and that, and I was like, sure, whatever, you know, I mean, I'm just down for, for whatever you guys want to do, and so... I remember, like, before we went to the um, the session, kind of, like, doing some, you know, research on Ross and, like, you know, reading about how, like, he pissed off, like, uh, you know, Robert Smith and made him throw his candles at him and, uh, you know, <laughs> made the guy from Corn cry and shit like that. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fucking gnarly, you know. And so <laughs> we, do- we dove into the recording with Headwind City, and it was, I remember, like, kind of getting, you know, you know, through it, for a ways through it, and, like, um, like thinking like, wow, this is weird. He's not a dick at all. Like I thought, like we were, you know, I thought it was gonna be kind of like, like hard or whatever. And then at one point, like we, you know, we were, we, you know, we, it, the Headwind City wasn't like a normal band, so it was kind of like we, we kind of just like 
uh, didn't have things like written and rehearsed uh, as, as, as much as we probably should have. And, and so we were like, we were like trying to get this, this part down and, and like Gabe kept fucking up the drum beat and was like getting super pissed at himself, you know, and it was, it's, it's, it's frustrating and, and sort of like, uh, it's a bummer to see that and it, and it, to see him experience that, you know, and, and, and like all of a sudden, like the door to the live room flies open and Ross comes in. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, oh shit, here it goes. Like if he fucking says something to Gabe right now, it's on, dude. Like I'm, there's no re- reason for him to be a dick to Gabe right now. Like this, mm-hmm. the beat's super complicated and like, we barely just wrote this. And I was like, and he's like, um, and like, I could kind of see Gabe's like reaction. Like what? the fuck is this guy calling me out right now? Like, uh-huh. I'm trying to play this insane drum beat, you know? And then all of a sudden, he's like, no, no, like, why are you tripping out, man? Like, whatever's happening is beautiful. Like, this is this is the best thing ever, you know? You're, you're you like, fucking it up is, is beautiful, and we need that. And that's what, it's, you know, and I'm like, what in the fuck is going on, man? This is, like, Sounds crazy like shit. And then I started, you know, realizing, that, like, mis- like, a mistake will bring you to something that you haven't consciously considered or thought about or whatever. So, like, it was this sort of, like, strange way of looking at things. And so after that, I was like, you know, hey, Ross, why, like, you know, I, I read all these things about you, like, being a dick and pissing everybody off. And, like, what, you know, like, we everything with you has been, like, so encouraging and so, like, I feel, you know, a lot of times he'll, he'll just, you know, praise everybody. And I'm like, dude, you got to shut the fuck up because, like, we're not that good. Like, I don't know what you're, I don't know what you see in us, but, like, whatever, it's fine. Like, we're decent. Like, but, like, you're, you know, and, and it was, it was a trip because, like, it was, he was like, well, you know, like, when I worked with people, like, you know, from Corn, like, you know, they were, like, they were, like, young kids who were, like, you know, like, into, like, doing math and shit like that, you know, and it's like, He's like, all of you guys are seasoned, you know, you know, veteran, like, uh, you know, musicians or whatever you want to call it. He's like, you, you're here to make a record. You know, your heart is already in it. He's like, there's, there's no, like, um, you know, there's no conflict, um, but, like, in the studio aside from, like, the conflict in yourself as far as, like, your musicianship or something. He's like, it's not like you're want, wanting to party or get fucked up or be some, you know, like, to be like these other people. And I was like, well, what about, like, Robert Smith or something? He's like, you know, he, he had, like, kind of made it clear like that you know maybe he had not had the ability to to write you know the same sort of music that he did in the past so he was like trying to pull it out of him like like let me pull something out of you because your 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 music is is lacking something you know and and i and he he didn't necessarily have to pull that out of us so it was, it was a really strange experience to to sort of see that because i thought it was just going to be like conflict right off the bat and then so we got along really well and you know out of the blue like after the session was gone the, uh, over and the rec- record came out and stuff you know he hit me up he's like hey do you want to um come and come and record on this um this kid's like demo that i'm that i'm trying to do uh this, this woman that plays like a singer songwriter and i need i need a i need a bass player and he's like um he's like the drummer you know is is, is dave lombardo and i was like oh yeah dave. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, you know, I tw- like locust and phantom Oz toured and stuff and i was like i, I love dave he's so rad and i, I would yeah. love to you know, jam with him. And like, you know, even if Dave wasn't involved, I would have just been, yeah, I want to go hang out with Ross at the studio. And like, it was, I was like, I already signed up. And he's like, do you think, you know, your dude from retox would want to play guitar? You know, I was like, yeah. I mean, especially if Dave's involved, like that's, he's a huge Slayer fan. So like, you know, we kind of just like went and to play on this woman's like three songs. Like that was it. And you know, the music kind of sounded like it ended up kind of sounding like, uh, what it, I asked, it's funny because my mom was asking me like, what are you doing? You're recording, you know, on this, this 16 year old girl's record. What does it sound like? You know? And I was like, I like, Ross, what do I tell my mom? This sounds like, man, what do you think this is like? And he's like, it's like, um, Na- Nancy Sinatra and Halloween. And I was like, 
Oh, okay. That <laughs> kind of makes sense. Cool. So to me, it kind of like had like a goth, like PJ Harvey type vibe or something, you know. And mm-hmm. but um, so you know, we were like in the studio doing this thing, and 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 Dave, I realized that like um, Dave had time booked for his other band film, and they had broke up, and so like instead of like having to pay for the the slotted you know time that he had. Um, that Ross had like, you know, set aside for, for, to record film. He said, just record on this, um, this woman's demo and we'll call it even, you know, whatever. And so in that time, uh, of, re- of recording with, with, um, with this girl, um, Dave was like, Oh, I had these three shows booked for the, um, for film and this band from Mexico was coming and I need to, I need to somehow like fill the, the space and I don't know what to do. And so like, you know, him and Mike were like, let's put a band together, you know, and, and you know, they asked me, you, you wanted to start a band, like, in, 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 you know, just play these three shows. And I was like, dude, it's in 12 days. Like, you, you know, like, we're here recording on this other person's session, but you want to start another band and play a show in 12 days. So I was like, okay. And then, you know, that was how that kind of started. And we, and we played, you know, the three shows. And our, our original singer was, was Gabe Serbian, you know, the drummer for, for Locust and, and Headwind City. And, and, you know, who, and <clears throat> like Ross knew him. Kind of like, it, it just kind of seemed like a thing, you know? And so, so we, you know, we did three shows and then we did four and five and six and then we ended up doing eight or nine shows and, um, started recording, uh, an LP. And then, and then Gabe decided that, it, you know, he wasn't able to, to, um, commit to, to it being a full-time band because it was supposed to be just three shows. So once Gabe quit, Dave was like, let's ask, um, you know, let's get a couple, let's, let's ask and get another singer, you know, and, and like, and, and just, re-record the vocals with with whoever's going to be the singer of the band so you know we had reached out to a few people and we had a couple people lined up and um uh you know dave was like well let me reach out to you know Patton because mike already hit us up about doing the releasing the record you know based on like everybody's involvement you know he he if a cat um obviously you know like with santa moss and and the locust and, mm-hmm. and retalk so he was like oh yeah let me just put this record out so you know i think dave kind of like countered his, uh, his his the proposal to release it and was like, hey, you want to just sing in the band? And, and I was I didn't think he would go for it, and he did. And I was like, okay. And then that was that. <laughs> we became <laughs> you know we became Dead Cross with 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 Mike Patton, which was like you know another like next level kind of like thing. It wasn't just like a, we're just going to play a couple shows. So I mean we it does it was like very um, unconventional as far as like how you start a band or or, or whatever you know. And I mean I guess it, it just. Yeah, it was weird, and and then again too, we you know we just finished recording. Um, well, the vocals haven't been recorded yet, but we finished recording the music for our second record, and it's interesting to kind of look back and be like, oh god, that first record was so like, I don't know, like mediocre, I guess, like the, like a handful of the tracks were kind of just like, Ugh, like what were we doing? But you know, again, we only had twelve days to write a record, and you know, I, I think it, I think if we had more time and sort of knew what we were getting ourselves into and knew what even knew that we had like a singer like Mike Patton, you know, because it, it, it structurally and aesthetically it was, it was viewed as something differently, you know, based on who was going to sing. So I think once you have the ability to have a singer that can sing six octaves, you're like, Oh yeah, we could probably like place more melody on a, on a chorus or something, you know? And also the fact that like, you know, Patton is into like having like, absurd shit too or like you know he has his like kind of like his witch voice it's like that let's 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 have some like really jacked up super fucked up sonic stuff and and bring in the witch voice you know like yeah uh, i don't know i, I you know everyone, he's into that you know he's into like uh, bumming people out as am i, <laughs> I that's so cool like you know it's you know it's in and then later on you know fast forward like a you know year or so it's like 
so amusing to play shows and like you see the people in the crowd that are there to like kind of see the guy from Face No More and he's and then he belts out this like horrendous like just screeching brutal you know the witch voice it's like <laughs> it's just it's like, it's like fucked up and 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 they're like oh no this is not I'm not I don't know what I'm doing in the front row of this fucking show you know or whatever like uh, I think that's stuff I think that stuff's wonderful. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 a trip and it's weird and it's it's something that I, I think it's still developing. You know, I mean, we're finding our skin, I guess, musically. But the whole thing, the whole process of it, was just like not really something that we thought out. Like, oh, here's what we're gonna do. It was like it was just kind of like mutating as it as it like kind of came together for like a good year or so, and it's still mutating. You know, to this day, it's like you know, I mean, we recently recorded and. and our guitar player Mike Crane was was like <clears throat> just like diagnosed with cancer and mm. was like going through um, you know chemo and stuff and it was like it was fucking crazy to go in the studio with him and then throughout like the few weeks of us recording to see him like his the life and that guy come back I I think you know a lot of it had to do like psychologically with like being in the studio and recording an album and writing a record you know like that. I think helped him and in, in healing, which is, which is like some woo woo shit, you know? I mean, you, you know, like it's like, yeah, okay. You know, like you're fighting cancer and, and you go to chemo and you, you, you take medicine and you, you try to adjust your lifestyle and stuff, but like something on another level where you're like creating something from your heart and through art and this other element of something I think does a lot, you know? And I think like there's something in it that, that you can't just like necessarily just create or, 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 or come up with, or, or even like, you know, conceptually, you know, plan or whatever. It just kind of happens, you know, and it, it was weird to like see his physical body transition through, through, um, on a, on a, on a progressive way, on like a healthier sort of level through the recording process. So, I mean, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been crazy, man, <laughs> to say, to say the least, uh, to, to work with all of those guys. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm grateful that it, that it happened that it's happening still that that album when when it popped out I, I had no idea it was happening i just i just saw it pop up and i'm such a huge like mike Patton fan that it, i just want i was so excited to see something to, to hear something heavy from him because i hadn't really since he worked with dillinger escape plan the last time that was like the last like super heavy thing he did and then to you know ross being involved and then everything you, you just said right now i've been battling uh you know, battling cancer and then, you know, having music uplift you. Um, Ross, I think when we, when he was on the show last, he said that um, uh, music and art is really just like God's voice coming through us. And like that, that it just, I'm sure that this is something that's like way more like, like he views music so spiritually. And like the fact that you just said that right now about like, you know, music uplifting someone that's even battling cancer, you know, it's just like the power of music and art is just so intense. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine as someone who I lost my dad to cancer a couple of years ago. And then my mom battled cancer, breast cancer a couple of years ago as well. Like, dang, like that's, that's something really powerful. Just, just to hear you say that right now, I, that, that was pretty great, man. But, but even beyond yeah, even beyond like the sort of like, um, I guess like on a, on a, like a side note of what like art is not just music, but just art, but music and music though for, I guess uh, for this, you know, conversation, it, it like, it's the one like true form of communication that like, that like can, can speak to someone without using language or, and it doesn't identify with like 
gender or age or class. It's you can you can you can speak through through music. It's as, as like the real the, like the the like most like legitimate form of communicating. I mean, you, you can you can reach people and and create emotion and 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 say something without actual words that like I guess the listener or the or the player or how, whoever is involved isn't even fully aware of what is being said. If, if that makes sense. I mean, not to make it too vague or too weird, um, but like, again, like you talking about like, you know, putting on the, the you know, music from Purple Rain, like, you know, you like it, it just, there's something that's being said and like the, I don't know, like the, the timbre of the music and the, the, I don't know, the emotion that's portrayed in it. And it, it doesn't have to be, um, words it's something something else so so i think like you know even like working with ross and stuff there's like you know he'll 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 find these like little nuggets you know in a, in a take like that fill right there has something there's some other form of passion in that drum fill like we need that one you know you're like what like you know it, it, it there's no words in it it's not saying like hey let's fight oppression or like or like, you know, like, let's love each other or like, we're dealing with heartbreak. It's just like that fucking drum fill. Like, you don't even know what that can do. There, it holds, there's DNA in that, that that can transcend uh, things that we aren't uh, capable of even um, understanding or even acknowledging that's within us. You know, like it's changing things. It's changing. It changes the world. I mean, you hear a song and you get amped up for something. You get, I mean, it's, it's that's what you have a soundtrack to a revolution. You have sound, soundtrack to, you know, uh, what what war you have a soundtrack to everything you know like there 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 is something that that happens um through music so i think like it, i think it is an an important aspect to um humans uh, i guess like e- evolving and, and communicating and surviving or 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 maybe not sur- surviving i don't know either way it, it's it's something that's that goes back it dates you know it's like early humans had elements of music like that there's something in it, you know, there is a communication that happens through percussion and through notation and through the timbre of sounds and different sonics and, you know, sonic, I guess, like soundscapes or platforms that people get, you know, exposed to. And it, it creates something in other people, which I think is like something you can't learn and something you can't, I don't know if you can, I mean, I guess you can teach it. There is a science behind it, you know, but like, I don't know, man. It's a big, it's a big topic. It's like trying to talk about, you know, the, the U.S. government and current administration. It's like, <laughs> yeah. how, do we deta- how do we even like address this fucking massive thing? You know, I think music's probably bigger than than than, uh, you know, the so-called de- de- democracy that America has. But regardless, it's a, it's a, it's a, another massive topic that's hard to kind of like pinpoint and dissect and and debate or or, or whatever. You know, like it's 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 huge. So yeah, I mean. Ross is definitely on a level that's that's unique, and I am grateful for that guy's existence, and I'm grateful that I've gotten to become close to him and work with him on on a few projects now. It's it's uh, I, it's I learn have learned and continue to learn so much from that guy. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad he exists. It's rad that he you know that you guys ha- have had him on your on your show and that you have a connection to him. And man, that dude's brilliant. I'm, I'm really, yeah, he's a, he's a brilliant human being for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. I just, just talking to him, you just feel it like in his voice, how passionate he is about every artist that he works with. You know, he doesn't half-ass it. He doesn't just, it's not just a paycheck for him. Like 
I'm sure he would be doing it for free if he could. Like, yeah, that's that's one of those things that's like you know, it's it's beautiful to hear just him just hear him talk about music. It's it's makes me makes me geek out about music with him. But um, anyways, Justin, uh, obviously, man, you're a really well run rounded person, man, and you know that's one of those things that really made me want to get behind the, this film that's coming out. Um, I think Turnstile Films is putting it together. Uh, John Nix is the director of the film, uh, if I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you if you guys have been listening to this and you guys are interested in anything that, you know, Justin has brought up, music-wise, political, the background in San Diego music culture, um, I recommend you guys go check out the Kickstarter for this movie. Don't fall in love with yourself. Check out the trailer. I think there's a, a two-minute trailer out there that you can watch. Um, and if this tickles your fancy, fancy, like go ahead, give it some support, give it some love on the Kickstarter, because this is, you know, like we were saying, you know, there's voices that need to be heard in the youth. I think this would relate to the youth today. Like, don't feel so isolated because you know you don't when you're young you don't have all the answers. And the fact that you we've seen someone like yourself, Justin, who's who was young in San Diego in a place that you probably felt like there wasn't a lot of outlets for you. And you went and you kind of, by changing the your surroundings, you changed the lives of many people around the world with your music and your art and your voice and everything you do. We didn't even talk about the PETA things that you do, but, I, I you know, everything you do is, like, amazing. <laughs> so I just want to, like, you know, fully well, support you, everything you're doing. Go out and check out the trailer. If you, if you love it, Go ahead and give them some some love on that on that Kickstarter, um, and that's all I got. Jacob, you want to say anything else before we? No, just thank you for coming on, man. I'd love to have you on some more and uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> go throughout all the uh, other uh, stuff I, that we didn't cover today. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's cool. It's rad too. It's it, it is also like it's so nice to be able to communicate with people. It also, at the same time, it's like so frustrating because it's like we could just we should have just kept talking about like you know, the, the Trump administration, you know, but then it's like, oh, well, we can talk about, you know, music and like, for, you know, music producers or Ross or whatever. Like there's so many different things you can tackle. It's it's massive, you know, but I mean, I'm glad we got the chance to do this and uh, man, it's cool. Like to make, it makes, it makes the world seem like, I don't know, like a little bit more practical, you know, when, when, when humans can interact and, and even if, again, too, like even going back to like talking about like certain politics and stuff, it's like, I don't want to isolate anyone, you know? So like, if you are a white supremacist or you are a Trump supporter, like, man, I don't hate you. I just think you're wrong, you know? And, mm-hmm. and But we can, we can try to come to some sort of an understanding, you know, instead of like hating each other. There's, there's this world's fucked right now, man. Like it's been fucked, but like, I think that like we're on the path to something. I, I'm hoping that we're on the path to something. And so hopefully like conversations like this can be something that can inspire people. Uh, Hell definitely yeah. Yeah, thank you guys thank you for no coming problem. on man thank you for spending the last hour i know you have band practice and you got all kinds of things going on you have a million bands that you're in <laughs> so like just thank you so much if you see ross tell him we say hello oh, <laughs> yeah and then yeah feel free okay, yeah well. if you ever want to come back on and you know talk some shit about trump or if you want to talk music or whatever just hit us up and we'll get you on man we'll make the time baby okay We'll, we'll have Thanks to explore so uh, it, 1984 by Van Halen some more. We'll have to do an in-depth album review with you on that. Uh, dude, I would be way into that. that would Hell be great. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark your calendars, everybody. <laughs> uh, cool. <laughs> All right, brother. All right. All right, Justin, have a good one. Enjoy practice. Okay. All, All right. right. Later. Have Thank fun, you. Man. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye.
And that was Justin. <laughs> All right. So thank you once again, Art. Like I always tell everybody that listens to this podcast and to your face as well. Um, thank you for another exciting, you know, topic idea. Um, I've come to uh, kind of a comfortable place where like Art will pitch something to me and I just automatically say yes. I don't even look at it. I, you know, it's just like Art will say, how about we do it? I'm just like, I'm already like, yes, let's just do it, you know, and I love doing these interviews because I love talking to uh, musicians, true artists, if you will. Justin is, uh, in every sense of the word, a true artist. You know, there's entertainers and there's artists. I feel like he's a a true artist. And it's always uh, like a breath of fresh air to talk to someone in that realm, Um, you know, uh, you know, I talk to, you know, a million people at work, you know, that don't live in that realm. And, uh, it, like I said, it, it's, it's like recharging your batteries to let you know that they, Hey, there's other people out, out there in this world that, you know, think and act the same way as you know, you do. So thank mm-hmm. you once again for bringing him on. Thank you to Justin for coming on. Um, and, and like, uh, art said earlier, make sure you go to the Kickstarter and, you know, help support, you know, a true artist such as himself. Yeah. Go check it out. The movie's called don't fall in love with yourself. Just check out the trailer. For some reason, it's on YouTube. You have to go to the Kickstarter. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, God, I'm so thankful. That was such a good conversation. It reminded me of our conversation with Ross Robinson where it was yeah. so chill. Yeah. But. So with that said, we got to pay some bills. So make sure you go to Caveman Coffee to support us. Uh, we don't have a Kickstarter. Um, but go to Caveman Coffee, enter promo code AMERICA for 15% off. And you'll help support a good, you know, quality uh, product as well. Um Justin was talking about, hey, you know, vote with your dollars. And, hey, I vote with my dollars. I'm drinking some caveman coffee right now. We're recording, like, at 10 o'clock in the a.m., and I had to wake up. I was barely awake 30 minutes before we were recording. And, hey, this stuff had me feeling tip-top magoo, you know, mentally sharp and feeling good. Like, it's not like when you drink an energy drink and you kind of feel a little off, a little bloated, and my kidney might explode at any minute now, like an alien just came out of it. But, um, yeah, check them out. Uh, make sure you, you, like I said, we don't have a Kickstarter. Make sure you check out our Patreon. You know, that's where you can directly, you know, help us out, um, you know, upgrade our equipment to bring a better, you know, audio and, hey, visual uh, product out to the masses. You know, that's where those funds will come from, from people from, from people like you. It's like the end of Mr. From Rogers. Friends and viewers like you. Yeah, you know, the, the, we don't have the, the Sears Robot Corporation <laughs> to yeah. help us out here. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, go to all the social media at Art and Jacob Do America, except for on Twitter, we are at Art and Jacob Do A1. I guess we really love a, a steak sauce art. That's what Twitter is trying we to tell the We got to get world. them to sponsor us somehow. Oh, yeah. I, I think next episode, like, I'm just going to have a big old Costco jug of fucking A1 sauce right here, and I'm going to make you bring like a raw steak. You know, <laughs> you're just going to eat it with that. Um, but yeah, just make sure you check out all the things. That's it. Hey, check out all of his bands as well Retox, The Locust. Dead Cross, Some Girls. I'm blinking out on like 50 other bands that Justin's in. Just go to his Wikipedia. He's on there. I looked it up. Uh, he's got some shit on there. So check it all out. So with that said, Art, do you have anything else you would like to tell the millions? And millions? Uh, no, just thank you for listening if you listened this far into the episode. <laughs> that was a really good episode. Hell yeah. I'm glad he was on. So with that said, everybody, enjoy your week and have a nice day. Peace.